And we're back uh, for another Thursday edition of the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. And it's me, it's me, it's the M-A-T-T, riding with me as always is my brother, Huge Pop. And our special guest this week is none other than the creator of, oh my God, I am, I've been up since 2 o'clock this morning and I'm, I apologize. Here, I'll, I'll give you a hand. Oh, IWE. There we go. go. <laughs> um, the creator and uh, the producer of an amazing independent promotion here out of uh, Holt Lake, Michigan. The creature feature, John Campbell. Hello, Welcome. it's nice to be here. It's nice to finally be here. We've been talking about doing this for a couple of years now, and I'm glad that I'm finally here and able to uh, be with you guys. Yeah, thanks, John, yeah. for coming on. It's been oh. uh, Thank We've been you. talking about this since what? Like I said, two years. Yeah. Um, and I will say this: two years ago, you were give you gave me feedback, and I appreciate the feedback you gave. And uh, we tried to improve, and um, so we're doing what we can. And I'm thankful that you came on the show tonight. Uh, well, it, it it wasn't so much feedback, like because I remember you guys, uh, Matt. I don't even know if it if you were even in the conversation yet, but um, me and Scott were, you know, talking and. This is when you um, kind of like were first starting it, I think. But there was like, I, I, I'm like, okay, I'd love to be on. Uh, you know, when when are we doing it? Oh well, I don't know. Oh, okay, well, where can like I send people? Yeah. Like, do you have like a Facebook page or something? No. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, wow. Well, no. we'll get you know. So like, uh, yeah, it wasn't so much like feedback. It was just like I knew you guys had the talent to really. Uh, do something and then when i went to the uh huge pop uh facebook page and saw that you guys had like over two thousand some odd followers i'm like that's awesome you guys are, are kicking butt so yeah. you know congratulations to you guys well thank you appreciate that and yes we've been working hard and we took your advice and i mean again we, right after that i can remember the conversation i was talking to my wife i said i've got to create a facebook page it's it's 10 o'clock at night i'm gonna i gotta create some create a huge pop wrestling facebook page and then that happened, and then we did other things. And then Matt, we're always continuously um, making this podcast better. Uh, we switched uh, to StreamYards this last about two months ago. Yeah, it's amazing. So we're good and with I, that. And, um, and stuff I think like what that. helped us a lot too is uh, switching over to. And I reached out and made a lot of friends in the wrestling community uh, via TikTok. Yeah. Um, I have, a, I have. Well, Scott and I both have. Uh, close to fifteen hundred followers each on TikTok. Heck yeah, you and know, and I need to get, I I need to get on TikTok. Like everybody's telling me, I need to get on TikTok. I'm just I'm not a tech technologically like savvy person, so like you know, it's like anything I would post on TikTok, I would post on like my Instagram or on my Facebook anyway. And like everybody has Facebook at least, so right. yeah, yeah. I probably um, should though. I should probably just uh, you know follow the follow that advice and get on there but i just haven't yet um now we i've met a few uh other uh indie wrestlers through that uh there's a guy that wrestles out of uh tennessee his name's backwoods butcher um and he does a lot of good stuff uh and actually let's i'd like to really uh push this out there we need to keep him in our thoughts and prayers as well because he's uh, going through a lot of stuff um so 
Um, he's got a lot of health issues right now. So nice. Anyway, yeah. Razor says Razor four five one five says IWE 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 hey. must be a fan. Thank, thank you for the thank you for the support, Razor. We really appreciate that. We need it now more than ever with everything that I have going on. Yeah. So. Um, I love turning on the TV and seeing uh, IWE uh, signs on Monday Night Raw. That <laughs> yeah, that's like so. Awesome. Yeah, it's like so wild to me. Like you know, and uh, it, it's just it's crazy. Like how much this has uh, you know just really exploded from you know nothing. We built this from like the ground up. Uh, we had no help from the um, Michigan independent wrestling scene. We still don't. Um, I made like a little post earlier about, you know, being on the podcast today and just how nice and refreshing it is to like have podcasts out there that aren't biased toward like, you know, certain promotions and things like that. Like, you know, um, I just coming right out and say IWE gets like no support from the uh, Michigan wrestling community. There's like all kinds of uh, Facebook pages and podcasts and stuff out there that like solely focus on Michigan wrestling and uh, IWE to this day, the only time we've ever gotten any um, press or praise on any of those um, sites is uh, when I won a fan poll contest of like most popular wrestler or something like that. And ever since then, they've actually shut off the uh, ability for fans to vote. Now they have like a committee that votes. So I I just, yeah. So I just find that they're, they're just like, so anti, we want nothing to do with you. We want nothing to do with your company that like, you know, uh, us winning and then when i won the fan poll it took him about a week to like even acknowledge that i won like the fan wow. poll so well that's where my yeah that's where my first question was gonna come from man i remember meeting you on the streets of harrison and you told me you're, you told me you're <laughs> the mean streets of you, you make it sound like i was like a, a homeless man or something <laughs> no like no that. I, um, met, I met you when you were like rummaging through this dumpster and things yeah. like that, which isn't too far from the truth, depending on when you might have met me. But uh, and th- things have improved since then. You were talking about um, how you were a wrestler in an indie show, and um, I asked where you sh- where you did your recordings, and you were telling me from a garage. And I remember seeing video of a garage with maybe seven, eight people. That, yep. would, that would include the cameraman, you know. That would and, include the and probably the wrestlers and the referee, yes, too. you know. And to me, that was <laughs> awesome to see a have a have a promotion in my own hometown in a garage. It seemed cool, and I kept on asking, "Hey, how do I see your stuff?" And you would say, "We do it this day, and we produce it, put it on like a, t- a channel out of Mount Pleasant or something like that." Like yep, Mac, Mac TV, IWE is still on. Uh, mac tv and it was through those relationships that i built like way back then um that uh iwe is like able to actually be on actual tv we're one of like the few indie shows that's on actual tv and not just like streaming and things like that and i was a question was how has it evolved from the garage to the youth center that you guys by the way that's amazing stuff that you guys do you have your show and oh. in, in the um the uh what's that artesia 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 yeah so So has it evolved how it's gotten bigger size yeah sure but how's it evolved how's iw evolved i mean 
you know, comparing like those days to what we do now is like completely night and day. And um, any promoter out there will tell you that promoting is just a lot of trial and error. You know, it's a lot of like, you know, do this, see if it works. If it works, keep on doing it. If it doesn't work, go back to the drawing board. And so it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of, um, you know, being told no. Uh, we went from, cause, cause the promotion you're talking about, like, wasn't even like a legitimate promotion, like, you know, but a lot of what we did back then evolved into what IWE is today. So like, you know, there's period in time there where, you know, uh, I got trained professionally, um, and you know, just a lot of the guys from those days got trained professionally and, um, you know, we were working the independence and we just, a lot of us didn't really like it, didn't like how things were run, didn't like how people were treated, you know, stuff like that. And then like, it was in 20, it was at the tail end of like 2013. Um, my friend Dennis, who's the co-founder with me of IWE, you know, we were just sitting around talking like, you know, yeah, if we had a promotion, we'd do it this way. Yeah. If we had a promotion, we'd do it this way. You know, just like kind of common sense things that like, you know, a lot of these people don't like pick up on cause it's really, you know, they're so far in the wrestling bubble that they don't like ever want to think outside the box and do things that will, you know, get new eyes on the product. And finally Dennis was like, well, why don't we just start a promotion? And we kind of just laid the groundwork that night. We started off in the studio at Mac TV. We had a, a much smaller ring and uh, it was very much akin to like the old uh, National Wrestling Alliance show or even like NWA Power now where it was, you know, shot in a studio, a uh, very small studio, but still a studio. And then from there, it evolved into like, we need a bigger building and luckily we found uh, the Artesia Youth Center who, you know, understood, they got it. They knew what we were trying to do. They knew what we were, you know, really trying to strive for. And they've uh, helped us out like every step of the way. Without them, I don't know if we'd even be around. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're some of the greatest people like I've ever met in my life. Matt? So uh, going back to your youth or – um, what was your favorite wrestling promotion growing up? What'd you watch? Uh, I mean, I was a WWF kid, um, you know, like really early on. Uh, but then, you know, just it, it didn't stay that way for long. Um, and I'm talking like little, little kid, like, you know, four or five, six years old. Like, you know, just I kind of became enamored with uh, what I thought was like real life superheroes. You know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, you kind of gravitate toward different things. And like, I was a big like superhero fan until I saw wrestling and I saw guys like, you know, Hulk Hogan. And I saw guys like ultimate warrior. these like larger than like guys who looked like real life superheroes. You know what I mean? And so as a kid that really uh i really gravitated toward that and then uh you know i eventually found like wcw a little bit later on like still pre-nitro era and everything like that and, like you know sting was kind of you know everything a kid would want in a wrestler you know what i mean so i became like a really big sting fan and you know but i just i loved wrestling and i would you know just consume anything and everything about wrestling that i could i'd read the magazines and that's how i found out about ecw 
And um, I remember somebody telling me like, oh yeah, ECW is like on where you live. Um, it was a buddy of mine who was like kind of a little more in the know. This was like 97, I think. So like, you know, still very infancy of the internet. And uh, he was like, an, he was like, you know, just kind of getting into like that internet fandom. And he's like, yeah, ECW's on like where you live. It's on uh, past sports. Yes. And yeah. And so like, it was like Saturday nights at like 1 a.m. or something like that. You know, I stayed up uh, and just uh, ECW was like the craziest thing I'd ever seen up until that point. Uh, the, the very first uh, episode I saw was like uh, Wrestlepalooza 97, the night where um, Tommy Dreamer beat Raven, the lights go out and then Jerry Lawler's like in the arena, you know, and that was like kind of the start of like the WWF versus ECW. Wow, Scott, are you okay? I'm fine. Sorry. Sorry. I know, I know. Is this is this like the your way of saying like wrap it up? You're kind no, of no, 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 not at all. Long. This is interesting because I, uh, I had. Well, a, I'm going. I'm like kind of going through my life story. Matt was just like, "Did you watch wrestling when you grew up?" I could have just yeah. said yes, and we could have moved on. Well, that's good stuff. No, good stuff. Well, well anyway, like you know, through ECW because ECW was like the first time you kind of saw regular people yeah. in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the Sandman looked nothing like Lex Luger. You know what I mean? Tommy Dreamer looked nothing like the Ultimate Warrior, but these guys were still going out, kicking ass and, you know, doing all these uh, awesome things. And that was kind of the first time I was really like, you know, these guys don't really look like those guys. Maybe I can do this, you know? And so it just kind of like sparked from there. And I've always really been a big fan of like punk rock and just kind of like do-it-yourself culture and ecw really felt like you know do-it-yourself culture it really felt like you know that kind of homegrown grassroots like this is organic this isn't like you know a big corporation like trying to be edgy like wwe kind of did later yeah. um you know so like stuff like that i really gravitated toward too where it was just kind of like you know take your own reins and, and make your own story and just kind of, you know, do it that way. And I guess that, you know, really kind of kicked over into adulthood because that's what we're doing now with IWE. You know, like I said earlier, we've gotten no help from anybody. This has all been homegrown grassroots, you know, fans just really digging what we're doing and a lot of word of mouth. Nice. Nice. Did you ever have a chance to meet Bill Alfonso from uh, ECW? No, never had the pleasure. I got uh, he showed up at an indie indie promotion down here, XIW in Florida, okay. and he was a special guest referee. So, real, Very real great guy, real great guy. So, Matt, I I've, I met like uh, a few uh, ECW guys. Uh, never Fonzie though. I I would like to. He seems like a riot. Yeah, he was. So obviously, even even now. I'm assuming that you watch other product outside of uh, IWE. To be honest, I don't. Really? <laughs> I re yeah, I really don't. Like, um, okay. So, um, you know, especially now with all like my health issues and everything like that, um, you know, I really just try to stick to like stuff I know and stuff that like, I don't know if it's like a nostalgia thing. Or if it's, um, you know, just me kind of being like, you know, getting older and, you know, ah, back in my day kind of things. But like, um, 
you know, it's, it's always been a case of like, I know what I like. And so I'll keep going back to like the things that I like. And I know I should like give other things a chance and stuff like that. And like, I, I try, I've tried in the past, but like, I don't know, just something's missing to me. Like I, I don't see, you know, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head uh, is probably Danhausen. But like, I just, I really miss the over the top characters. I really miss like, you know, just the, yeah, just kind of like the, you know, I'm almost like cheesy in a way aspect of pro wrestling, you know, where it's like so over the top and it's so ludicrous at times. But to me, that's what was entertaining. Uh, me and my wife, we like binged watched um, the old 80s uh, glow not too long ago. And like I turned to Laura and I'm like, you know, the inside the ring stuff might not be like the best but everything else is like, this is everything I love about pro wrestling. You know, you have like a tag team where like one's coming out with like a chainsaw, the other one's coming out with like a, you know, blow torch and they're going to like, you know, light the referee on fire, you know, but not really. And then like, you know, you had the baby faces on the other side, like, you know, one's like a, you know, gymnast and the other ones like, you know, just dressed in like all America stuff. And it's just like, it's so over the top, but it's like so entertaining. And nowadays, like everybody just wants to be so serious and like life's serious enough, you know, take me out of that. Right. Take, uh, take me somewhere where I can like, you know, forget about that crap for a while. Right. I think, I think he'd uh, really enjoy uh, Orange Cassidy. Mm. Yeah, he's another one. He, he's another one. And a lot of people, like, you know, they don't like his um, his thing he does where, like, he, like, softly kicks the guy in the shins well, that's, or whatever. That's his best gimmick. That's his best gimmick. The whole. Yeah. Sweet, and, like, I don't, I don't find music. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't find it offensive or anything like that. But, like, some, some just old school wrestlers who just don't get it because they're just so, like, in the bubble and won't ever think outside the box. You know, they they would scream blasphemy at that. You know, you're telling everybody it's fake. And it's like, guess what, guys? It pretty much is, you know, like a lot of the stuff we do hurts. Don't get me wrong. We're not really fighting out there. But like, you know, unless they're like a little kid, I really doubt anybody these days thinks wrestling's a shoot, you know, yeah. so get over it. Entertain people. And if you can like take people out of that, and I guess there, there's a argument for that too, where like, you know, they can't, they can no longer suspend their disbelief because of, you know, certain things, but it's like, you know, I'll watch an Arnold movie and I know like Arnold really didn't, you know, rip somebody's, you know, arm off or something like that. You know, I'll watch a Friday the 13th movie. I know Jason really didn't decapitate that person, right. but you know, you're, you're suspended in your disbelief. Yeah, you're suspending your disbelief. You know, and that's the thing I like about wrestling. I tell everybody, you know, I got into, into wrestling because um, we work with children. We work in foster care for the last 10 years. And as part of my self-care, I turn to wrestling. That gets the hour that I spend on here with you and Matt and whoever. That's my, I get away from reality. You know, I get, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen at four o'clock for this one hour or whatever. Yeah. You know? So I love that. And, um, 
I got to take the time. Um, our viewers that are watching, Wildcat MC says, "What's up, guys?" And Nightmare hey, Wildcat, Gaming, Nightmare and Gaming says, "Creature feature." Hey, Nightmare Gaming. So, my question for you is, um, John, the the Canadian John Campbell, yes, or the creature or versus the creature feature. Who wins that? Creature feature is a lot more like my actual self. Um, you know, when I started doing the uh, Canadian gimmick, uh, Gentleman John Campbell, it wasn't something that I uh, necessarily came up with on my own. I was traveling with a couple of guys, uh, Cody Kelly, Nick Van Cor. Uh, both of them are no longer in the business, sadly, because they were both so great, just injuries and real life and stuff like that. But um, we, we were traveling around together. We had all broken in the business together. And, um, so we decided like, you know, Hey, let's, you know, kind of stick together. They're like tagging us up and teaming us up anyway. You know, what we, what can we do for like a faction or a stable or something like that? And, um, we were all like really big Bret Hart fans, um, still are. And, uh, we really dug like the old, uh, Hart foundation when they were doing like the pro Canada anti-America. And when you first start off as a wrestler, a lot of times, um, you know, at least in my experiences, people will start off as heels because it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to get people to like you. Right. So um, we were just thinking, like, what can we do to, like, you know, get these people to hate us, you know, other than just the standard old heel crap, you know, and then we decided, well, OK, you know, my grandparents are Canadian. I sound Canadian. So, you know, why I think it was Cody Kelly who came up with the idea. Why not be Canadian? Um, I came up with the name Canadian Hit Squad. And uh, but the, the thing about us was we all had different and distinct personalities like within the, the gimmick. We weren't just like three Canadian guys. It's like, you know, we all three had different personalities. We all just happened to be Canadian, you know, in storyline. So, like, I was kind of like a. Uh, you know, full of myself, like male gigolo stripper kind of thing for a minute. Kind of like MJF, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I'd like wear a fur coat and I'd uh, have like a little hand mirror and I'd always be looking in my, at myself in the mirror. Um, you know, Cody, he was kind of like the Canadian Vader. He was just like the big powerhouse guy and like a red and black singlet that could, you know, just get in there and beat everybody up. And then Nick Van Cor, he was a little more of like the old school, you know, sneaky heel. Like he'd be the guy who would like, you know, pass you the brass knuckles when the referee's not looking and, you know, or like, uh, you know, somebody distracts the ref and he comes and chokes the guy on the rope, like little things like that. So, um, you know, it was all it was all very unique and it wasn't just one dimensional. And that was something that I really did like about it. But again, it just really wasn't my idea and that's like so far in a way of like who i am actually um you know I, a lot of people will tell you that the best gimmicks are just you know somebody's real life personality turned up to you know 11 um but don't discount the chance to like step outside of yourself and be somebody different for a while because that's a lot of fun too okay well, that kind of segues into what I had was uh, if you could pick, what do you enjoy more, playing a heel or or, or a babyface? 
I like being a baby face more just because like, and this, this is just me being me, you know, just the person that I am, you know, I grew up like uh, bullied and, and getting picked on and stuff like that. Right. And so like, even though it's like, you know, work and even though it's, you know, it is what it is. I just, I find it like really hard just for myself to like be mean to people you know what I mean? Like I, I just, something, something inside of me, like, you know, even when I try to be mean to people, it kind of comes off forced, I think, or I'm really forcing myself to do it. So like, just for that pure aspect, I like being baby face just cause you know, I'd rather be nice to people than mean to people. Okay. Um, my, my next question, uh, during what was it like uh, going through your um, the, RO, the ROH uh, tryout in the, at the dojo there? Like, what was that like? What was that process like? Um, it was it was fun, but um, I mean, I just I felt like I wasn't on my game that day, you know. And um, I feel like you know just. I could have done some things differently and I could have done some things better. Like um, there were, there was a, a match where, um, you know, okay. So here, here's kind of, I'll, I'll take you through like the entire day. Um, we get there, you know, we meet everybody, of course, uh, the coaches, like um, you had Daniel, uh, yeah. Christopher Daniels, uh, brutal Bob Evans, um, delirious, of course, Delirious, he was like the booker. Um, gosh, who else? Um, Punishment Martinez, he's in WWE now. I just don't remember his name. Like it Damian might have. Priest. Damian Priest. What was that? Damian Priest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was there. Uh, Prince Nana was there. If you remember him from like the early ROH days. Um, uh, Sumi Siaki was there. Um, she's like a long time ROH mainstay. I think she was like the ROH women's champion, like the first one. Um, who else? Uh, oh, um, Mar Mark Briscoe was there, but then Jay Briscoe popped in um, a little bit later and uh, RIP to him because he just passed away uh, the other day. And yeah. it's really, yeah, really sad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we meet everybody. There might have been other people there, but I just I don't remember off the top of my head because it's been been a while now. Um, so like the first thing, it was basically just like, you know, hey, we're going to you know throw you in the deep end of the pool and see if you can swim. So it was kind of like, all right, we need two volunteers to get up in the ring. Uh, one of you is a heel. One of you is a baby face and just do it on the fly and go. And so um, I, I was like the first one to raise my hand. Um, I got in there, uh, gosh, he's been, in, I think he's either in AEW now or he's been in AEW. Um, but he's, he's this really big guy. Um, like his name back then was like freak beast, but it's like something else now. And I feel bad that I don't remember, but like we were the first ones to raise our hands. We got in there. Uh, I thought we did like a good job considering like, you know, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And then the bell rings, you know, um, and so then uh, me and uh, Jacob Braun, um, IWE guy, our former IWE guy, uh, me and him got up in the ring. Um, and, th and this is one of the best compliments to this day I think I've ever gotten. 
was um he had me uh i forget what it was but uh braun had me in like some sort of hold right and they were doing the gimmick where the referee raises the hand well the referee raises my hand once and i put it down and then he calls for the bell and everybody thought that i was like legitimately hurt <laughs> and so chris daniels is like whoa are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine he's like wow you're really good at selling so if not for, if not for anything chris daniels thinks i'm a, a pretty good at selling um, yeah. so yeah but then we got um i got put into like this tag match we had about five minutes to like put everything over or to go over everything and um like the one guy uh it, it's like a unique idea for a gimmick but not in a tag match like the one guy played like his own manager which is kind of like a cool idea but like, um, so it was like, he'd be half on the floor, like doing the manager thing, but then like, uh, he'd then get back up on the apron and like, uh, you know, and he had like different stuff he'd like put on and take off to distinguish whether he was the manager, whether he was the wrestler, but it wasn't like a tag match. Wasn't the best environment for that. And, um, I thought the tag match kind of blew chunks. Um, I'm probably being a little hard on myself, but, um, and then they took everybody cause there was two groups, group one and group two, I was in group one. So they took us then to like kind of a, a back area where, um, we worked on promos and did like a promo kind of workshop. And so like, um, what we do is we had like, you know, X amount of time to like come up with a promo, you know, we had to, um, you know, hit our time cues like that because, you know, TV based product, if you only have 30 seconds, you only have 30 seconds. And so we had to put together a 30 second promo to like explain who we are, put ourselves over things like that. And then like the ROH guys would give us a critique. Um, and so, uh, I did my promo. I got some pretty good feedback on it. And then like that night when I got to like the hotel room, I looked they actually, uh, put uh, part of my promo on like their um instagram feed nice. like uh, yeah like the story where you know you uh tap up on the profile picture and it'll go through like different things and like yeah they put part of my promo up there which was like so cool that they liked it that much um but yeah just you know looking back on it i could have been and this might just be be me me being like a big critic of myself, but I could have been in better shape. I think mm. um, mentally I could have been better. Like I kind of was in my head a lot for like some of the stuff and second guessing myself, especially in that tag match. Um, so, but I mean, overall it was, it was a great time. It was a great experience. Um, you know, couldn't have asked for better coaches for sure. And uh, got, yeah, got a lot of good feedback and uh, some different things that I still do to this day in the ring. Nice. Um, as a talent performer, wrestler, um, athlete, how important it is, is it for you um, and other wrestlers to interact with the crowd, not only in the matches, but after the matches at the merch tables? It's very important. Um, like during your matches, like this is the big secret that like it's so easy, you know, it's just, it's so crystal clear to me, but I don't know how like other wrestlers don't get it. The fans want to be just as much a part of your match as you are, you know? So like, yeah, interacting with them, like during the match is like, you know, key it's, it's necessary. You know, the more you interact with them, the more noise they're going to make, the more noise they make, the harder you're going to work to keep them making noise. 
you know, and um, if not for nothing, um, you know, like, okay, a spot that I like to do is I'll take, um, you know, like a bigger guy or something. And I'll find like a three-year-old or like a four-year-old, like in the crowd, like a little kid. And I'll have the little kid chop like the big guy, you know, because like, what's the harm, harm in that? But then the guy will like sell, like he, you know, just got hit with a baseball bat. And that's something that that kid will probably remember for the rest of his life. Right. And then maybe one day he takes his kids to a wrestling show and says like, yeah, I, I went to one of these like smaller shows when I was a kid and like this happened and, you know, and maybe they can like, you know, bond and share that experience, you know, with their kids and then their kids will take their kids to wrestling shows and stuff like that is how the business, you know, keeps going. You know, the better you are to the fans, the better the fans are going to be to you. Right. You know, I, I always tell people I'm just I'm a regular guy. I just have kind of a cool side job, you know, a cool side hustle. You know, anybody that wants to come up to me and talk to me and, uh, you know, I, that just means the world to me, you know, because, again, I'm just a regular guy. But like if you dig what I do, like, thank you, you know, 100 percent extremely grateful because without the fans, we're nobodies. We're nothing. You know, we'd be wrestling in an empty arena. And then what's the point in that? Right. I, I got to make it. sure uh, that I let Andrew know in case, in case he, because uh, if Andrew got a hold of somebody, he's going to give him a good chop. Like, he, <laughs> I mean, he, there you go. Right. Johnny Gage, Johnny Gage is on the, on the stream. He says more noise we make more likely we spend the money at the merch tables. So. Well, and like I was, I was on a, um, another, it was, it was a lot less formal than this. It was just me and some, uh, me and a friend of mine just kind of shooting the breeze, um, last night on a, a video like this, but, um, I was telling them last night and it just, it still rings true to me. Like if people, you know, want to buy like my merch, like that's to me the coolest thing ever, you know, I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not like, you know a famous athlete, you know? So like the fact that somebody wants to take their hard earned money, especially in 2023, when it's hard to make a dollar, you know, um, people take their hard earned money and they like what you do so much that they want to like, you know, wear your name on them. Like just, that's the coolest feeling to me. And a lot of guys, I think guys and girls uh, lose sight of that. You know, they lose sight that, we're privileged to be in this position. You know, nobody owes us a thing. And if somebody goes out of their way to spend money on you, you treat them like gold because they deserve it. Right. So uh, when you're not uh, like working, working out or in the ring, just beating people up, what are your hobbies? Like what do you play video games? Do you cook? Like, <laughs> um, well, right now, um, and I don't know if we wanted to like really go into this, but right now I'm injured. And so like, um, you know, there's no wrestling for me. I haven't wrestled since October. I have hip surgery in March. Um, but before that, uh, working out was like my thing. Like that was the thing that kept me sane. That was the thing that kept me grounded every single day, seven days a week. I'd wake up, I'd go to the gym, 
And then after the gym was done, I'd start my day, whether that's like going to work or, you know, doing something with my wife. But like, you know, I always had that consistency in, you know, just going to the gym. Like um, when I was growing up and I was like a teenager, I, I was pushing like 400 pounds. I was a big kid and not like football player, like athletic build. I was like, you know, just I sat around played video games and ate pizza, you know, all day. And so um, I graduated. And when I finally graduated, I was like, you know what, enough of this. I can't live like this anymore. I think I was like pre-diabetic or something like that. And uh, I started going to the gym and I just made that a big part of my life. And off and on, I've been lifting weights and working out like since uh, 2005, you know, like little, little kind of, on and offs here and there, but you know, nothing to nothing to the extent of this where like now I can't even go to the gym. Um, it's been like three months, but, um, yeah. Uh, so going to the gym was like the big thing. Um, other than that, like, I really, really like, uh, horror movies, um, big into horror movies, just big fan of movies in general. Um, I like to kind of look at movies and dissect them and try to find like, you know, especially like, kind of more out there movies like stuff like um eraser head for example or you know like uh just kind of kind of out there movies where like if you look at them on the surface level you're not going to know what it means but then you try to like start peeling back the layers to like figure it all out um and i always try to like approach uh, pro wrestling that way too you know like why did this person make you react to this way emotionally you know, why did doing this this way, like, you know, keep the pace of the movie going smoother, you know, so then you can apply that to like how you book your shows and things like that. So, yeah, yeah just um, so I love doing stuff like that and just kind of like maybe overanalyzing a lot of stuff. Um, I'm the same with like music, you know, especially like deeply kind of layered out there music that like nobody else in the world would ever listen to but me because i'm trying to find like what's the meaning behind it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and then sometimes the meaning is just like these guys can't play so <laughs> yeah, right. uh we got someone in the comments you want to read the question scott or yes as someone who works for promoters and the ring crew and on the merch stands what's your thoughts on newer guys that don't feel they don't have to pay their dues and help out. Um, okay. So like a lot of that, I think goes back to like whoever might've trained them. Um, you know, like it was instilled into me and still to this day, like, you know, not again, not so much now because of my injury and like, I can't really lift heavier, do anything without hurting myself. I'm pretty much on crutches when I'm, you know, upright, um, but I'm always helping with the ring. I'm always helping with the stage. I'm always helping over at like the, we call it the AV area where we have like our music and like all of our video setups and commentary and stuff like that. Always making sure that like that works tip top shape, you know? So like, I, I think that just goes back to, you know, their trainers not instilling that work ethic into them. Like, I think, um, you know, newer people, if you, if you take them aside and tell them, you know, Hey, like, you know, especially in IWE, cause we try to, you know, um, have everybody set up, everybody tear down. Obviously that doesn't happen sometimes, you know, and then there's issues that can come from that. 
But for the most part, we always try to instill like, hey, everybody helps out one way or another. You know, everybody, you know, if if there's enough people on the ring, then go help with the stage. You know, if there's enough people on the stage, go set up chairs, you know, like if there's enough people on that, like, you know, make sure that, you know, the because Laura, she runs like all the merch and everything like she, you know, has help. But, you know, she's kind of like the epicenter of that, you know, so go see if Laura needs anything laura being my wife um and she and also the host of battles on tv lethal laura lee so um you know there's just always something to do and the people that like kind of stand around and don't help i think if you just like ask them to or like you know point them in the right direction nine times out of ten they'll do it right. you know the, the ones that don't or the ones that feel like you know they're they're above that like i don't think they need to be you know there anyway and we try to keep it that way in IWE. Um, you know, sometimes problems arise, but we're pretty good at fixing it. So, cool. Thanks. So, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned that you're a horror horror movie fan. Yes. Um, and I know you're like you said you're you like the B movies. You like the. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your all time top five horror films? Ooh. I hate getting this question because it's so hard. <laughs> um, just right off the top of my head, just firing right away. Um, I'm going to say um, Evil Dead 2, Dawn of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, um, Friday the 13th Part 5, and um, Reanimator. And that, and that was just like, hey, off the top of my head, like if I had the choice, what would I like watch right now? You know. Okay. Hey, John, how important is it for the refs and the wrestlers to work together, train together to make the match run smoothly? Does it do refs? Obviously, they got to do some training, I would think. Yeah. To make, to make things go smooth. It's, it's very important, um, you know, especially like if you get down to, say, Memphis, where a lot of uh, locker rooms are still kayfabe locker rooms. You have like the faces on one end of the building and heels on the other end. So you don't even get a chance to like talk out your match. Um, it's very important. The referee is, you know, integral to a good wrestling match. You can have a bad referee. And a bad referee can ruin the greatest match you've ever had by, you know, slipping up or screwing up. Um, so it's very important that they train alongside the wrestlers, you know, especially because a, a time's going to come where the referee's going to have to take a bump. You know, same thing with a manager. You know, you have to be able to, like, you know, at least take the moves or take a bump or, you know, um, you know, know how to take, you know, just certain things how to protect yourself, how to protect the other person doing something to you. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's very important. It's very integral. Um, and honestly, a lot of pro wrestlers start off as referees. So, you know, it's kind of like one hand washes the other where, you know, they're in there for pro wrestling training, but, you know, they just happen to need a referee that day. So they'll train, you know, pro wrestling trainees on how to be a referee. Also, a lot of schools will. Gotcha. You got another one, Matt? Um, okay. Here is the hard hitting question. The hard. Okay. Who 
is the greatest WCW champion of all time. David Arquette. Thank ah! you. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Thank you. That is amazing. And I didn't I even tell I, you. I no, I no, you didn't tell me. I saw the hashtags. Oh. <laughs> I saw the hashtags and I was able to put two and two together. That's nice. So, it. It's just it's something that we're doing. Uh we're yeah, over on TikTok, it's just something that the wrestling community were really uh trying to push that. Uh we're trying to get them. We have several hashtags we use. Hashtag uh, David Arquette is the greatest WCW champion. Um, we have hashtag uh, uh, David Arquette is uh, David Arquette Raw Rumble 2023. Uh, that'd, be, have, that'd be cool. Like, uh, have Have you seen the the documentary? You can't kill yeah. David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's like so good, and you had no, and, and nobody, I think, ever had an idea of like how much he kind of struggled with that, and like everybody, like just kind of making fun of that, you know, like basically ever since it happened, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm very pro David Arquette, and uh, I wasn't offended when they made David Arquette the champion. I thought it was actually like a really cool moment watching it. I, I think I might've been like 14 at the time or 15. Um, but I remember watching it like as it happened and I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool because like, you can tell he like, you know, was genuinely having like a really good time. And it's not like he went out there and Goldberg anything. You know what I mean? He wasn't like squashing people, um, you know, and, yeah, I just I, I I found it entertaining. I I like the thing. There's an angle. I think it, you can find it on YouTube. It's like uh, David Arquette and uh, his wife Courtney Cox at the time. And um, uh, who who is like the guy? Have you ever seen like uh, I think it's like Ten Thousand Miles to Graceland or something like that. Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell. So like uh, Kurt Kurt Russell walks up to like uh, David Arquette and Courtney Cox because they're on like a movie set. Uh, for that movie and uh david arquette's like hey i'm the wcw champion and like kurt russell just like kind of laughs at him he's like yeah right and then like kurt russell walks off and like david arquette grabs a chair like he's gonna go after him and courtney's like david you're not a wrestler and and it's just like they're in on the joke you know what i mean they're they're in on the on the whole thing like it's like yeah they everybody knows david arquette's like not a wrestler, not a world champion, you know what I mean? But like, it's, it's entertaining. It's fun. You know, a lot of people are just so against pro wrestling being fun for some reason. Yeah. Uh, that, that documentary that they did about that whole, whole situation with him and uh, Nick Gage goes, I damn near killed David Arquette. Yeah. I remember uh, when that happened, I'm like, I didn't have that on my bingo card. <laughs> right, right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, like, n no matter what happens in the world, like, after this, it's like no nothing will surprise me anymore. Nothing. Because who, who would ever thought, like, you know, not only is Nick Gage and, and David Arquette having a death match, but then, like, David Arquette almost dies and then, like, freaks out and tries to, like, you know – shoot on nick gage like what kind of a world are we living in like who who made that up who wrote that you know 
Right. I couldn't, love all the couldn't. vignettes during it, uh, during that whole thing uh, where he's training in the streets, mm. or he's just doing like spot like pop up matches in the middle of like downtown Memphis or something like that. Just yeah. Randomly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he he put in the work. He put in a lot of work to uh, become a wrestler and to like, I guess, kind of absolve himself. You know, because he like, you know, it just seemed to me like he really kind of felt guilty about a lot of it, and so it was like almost like purging himself of that in a way by working hard to like, you know, I guess in his mind have the privilege to like step in the ring. You know. Yeah. As we were preparing for this, uh, John, and um, you know, I thought about you know if you ever hit your thumb with a hammer because you missed the nail, or whatever, <laughs> you know, or something, cut your hand, or when you're trying to cut a piece of meat or whatever. Yeah. All those all those accidents that happen that resolve in injuries, and we talk talk about your injury and stuff, and um, you see, and I thought about okay, chair shots and table shots, et cetera, et cetera. My question is, um, uh, where'd it go? Is there freak accidents, even though you train so hard and practice that that chair shot? Is there still freak accidents that happen that cause these injuries? And what can you do to avoid those from that going forward? All the time, like uh, you know, res- wrestling's rough. Wrestling's really rough. I've been fortunate that because um, my injury you know like a lot of it was from wear and tear wrestling but a lot of it also just had to do with like I had a deformed hip from birth that I didn't know about my hip never really sat right in the socket but um you know like I've just I've been very fortunate that I've never been seriously injured and there have been some close calls um you know I was in a match where uh you know, like some something didn't go right. And, um, you know, the person I was working with, like, ended up kind of like falling on top of me and they fell on top of my head and kind of crunched everything like in my neck. And, uh, you know, I got a really bad concussion from that. And uh, the doctor said, like, because uh, at the time I was like, you know, just trying to build like these monster like trap muscles like Goldberg you know what I mean and uh the doctor was like if your trap muscles weren't as big as they were you'd probably have a broken neck like most likely so you know like just uh, some close calls like that I broke my hand uh like many many years ago um I broke some bones in my foot I think I, and I say, I think, but because like at the time I didn't have insurance or anything. So I never went to the hospital, but like for a while, my foot was like purple and, and swollen and hurt. And then like, it finally just kind of subsided and went away. Um, but yeah, just, you know, like a- anything can happen, you know, you fall, you know, the wrong way. Like, you know, you can be paralyzed, you know, like freak accidents happen all the time. You know, like I, I would say that uh, D'Lo Brown is like a world-class wrestler and it's like a one in a million thing that it even happened with him in the ring. But like D'Lo Brown and draws, you know, right. like it was just freak accident. Right. Nobody bro, kn- yeah. <laughs> It was a freak accident. Nobody knows how it happened. So then you add like chairs and tables and things like that, you know, inanimate objects that aren't going to know, you know, hey, I'm supposed to break this way or I'm supposed to bend this way you know, kind of things like, you know, I've been put through tables where like, you know, the landing and everything was fine, but then like, you know, the wood from the table ended up cutting my leg, 
you know, so like I had to get that all cleaned out and everything and, you know, chair shots are just, you know, those are what they are. I think with what we know with uh, concussions and stuff like that, you know, people are more apt to like put that hand up and protect themselves where, you know, kind of back in the day, if you put your hand up, you know, they might look down on you and they would wear like, you know, I took that unprotected chair shot with like a badge of honor and stuff like that. But we didn't know what concussions, the long-term effects were back then either. So, you know, I just think that safety in, in, in most aspects, safety is really a big thing. But then there's like other aspects where I think safety could be, you know, better. Like, you know, we, you know, like we, we have a doctor like uh, on the IWE staff, you know, he's one of our referees. And so like, you know, I think like a doctor should be on hand at like all wrestling events, just in case, you know, I think that, um, you know, especially the guys that like do death matches and stuff like that, they should produce blood work to make sure that they're not like spreading anything. You know, there was like a big rumor going around not too long ago about like, you know, some guys having like hepatitis and stuff like that and bleeding all over people. And, you know, like nothing ever came of it. It was just kind of like somebody trolling people and stuff, but like, that is a very serious allegation. And I think, uh, you know, the more you really think about it the more that these precautions should be taken but it's just kind of like you know a uh hey you know just take my word for it type of thing some people might not even know they have it gotcha i got about two or three more questions quick questions you got any want me to go with my matter do you want to go yeah, go ahead because mine my my last couple things are going to be probably what ends the show Perfect. All right, and I'll, and I'll try to keep them short. Just you know, I oh, got you're a, good. Got a, I got a lot to say. <laughs> okay, so all right, so we see Monday Night Raw, we see SmackDown, we see AEW, we see TNA or Impact, we see ROH. They all have week to week. They have shows, and every week, you know, all you gotta do is flip on to the end of this or during the show, and there's all these storylines that they build up week to week to week. The WrestleMania to Royal Rumble, whatever. Sure. In the indies, it's different because, I mean, down here, especially XIW and Extreme Impact Wrestling does a show every other month. And I know you guys, I think, go every month or every other month as well. Yeah, yeah. How do you guys in the indies get, keep the storylines going, storytelling, or is there no storytelling? I can only speak for, like, what we do at IWE. I can't really speak for, like, other indie promotions. But um, we always try to put things out there, like, especially between shows to, like, you know, kind of refresh the memory of, uh, you know, people like, you know, oh, that's why these guys are fighting, you know. Um, So, like, we'll have our wrestlers, like, you know, do promos and we'll put them up on our social media and stuff like that. And then, like, at the shows, we can have, you know, this is just an example, but, like, you know, we'll have... um, you know, a heel come out, cut a promo, baby face comes out, cuts them off. You know, they go back and forth a little bit on the mic and then, you know, hey, now the match is made. You know, so now like everybody in attendance and everybody who watches the video later will now understand, oh, that's why these two are fighting. That's why these two are in a feud, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's always little things that um, companies can do that don't have the benefit of like weekly TV to connect the dots and a lot of them don't um you know i don't know whether it's like just from you know la- lack of like 
you know, I, I don't want to say caring, but maybe they don't think like it's important, but you know, the one, the ones that do, you know, they're the ones who, you know, kind of see like, you know, the substantial growth, you know, somebody sees like a promo online, they might not even know what IWE is, but somebody shares it and then they watch it and they're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. That looks really interesting. I might go to that, you know? Yeah. Just different little things like that you can do to tell the story without like, you know, having that weekly episodic television. So social media is pretty big for you guys. I mean, I know, the more we promote the show, the huge pop wrestling podcast, the more more viewers we get. If we don't promote the episode, we don't we don't get that much. So, so social yeah. media basically is where to go on an independent scene, probably, right? Yeah, absolutely. But in order to get like more butts in the seats, though, you can't discount the, you know, just kind of grassroots going out there meeting people kind of thing. You know, um, every like before a show, like maybe about three weeks out. I'll go to Staples and I'll get somewhere around like 300, 400 flyers printed. And uh, me and, uh, you know, my wife will just end up, you know, hitting the towns, you know, we'll go anywhere and everywhere that'll put up a poster, you know, we'll uh, talk to people, you know, Hey, this wrestling show is coming up. You know, you happen to have some on you and you see somebody wearing a wrestling shirt. Hey, are you from around here? I see you like wrestling. Come check out this local show. You know what I mean? There's always little things that, you know, uh, you can do as a promoter, especially with like a live event. Um, but I, I, it could just be like a time factor. It could be, you know, I don't know. I'm always trying to look for excuses of why other people don't do these things, but they don't, you know, they just try to rely on social media and you can't just rely on social media alone. How important are wrestling seminars to you guys? And uh, should, should fans um, try to get into one? Um, we've done a couple, uh, we've done one with Congo Kong and we've done one with, uh, Brutal Bob Evans, who was my, uh, one of the coaches at the ROH, um, seminar. And, uh, you know, they're, they're important in a way where like, you know, you're going to learn different things that you might not have learned otherwise, but you have to like really be careful because then there's like some seminars out there that and i'm not saying they all are but some seminars out there will just be the guy you know taking your money and like you know just telling you things and you don't even get like really any ring time okay. you know the best seminars are the ones where you're gonna like get in the ring and be evaluated okay. and then they can tell you what to work on and and different stuff like that or they can teach you new things congo kong taught me how to drop kick you know i'd been in the business i think like 13 14 years at that point and I'm like, I, I suck at drop kicks. And he's like, well, then I'm going to teach you how to drop kick, you know? So he did that like in our seminar and he's like a big guy. He's like, you know, 450 pound guy. Wow. And yeah. So like, you know, he taught me, he's like, showed me like kind of a big man's way to do it, you know? So it's always just little things like you might not know, you know, before you go in there, but you're glad you do when you leave. Okay, one last question. You did. You failed to answer this question last night because uh, I watched your uh, little interview with that your friend. Hello, oh, hello. okay. So I asked the question. He asked the question. You kind of failed to answer the question. You kind of joked and smirked. So okay, I'm going to answer the question. Okay. Um. First of all, do you design your own merch? But that comes into this. Why do you keep Frankenbucket around? Is your gimmick strictly for the kids? Uh, or is just Frank and Bucky, can't we just toss him to the curb or what are we going to do with them going forward in 2023? Well, uh, Frank and Bucket, um, 
you know, like to be completely honest, like, you know, Frankenbucket's just, uh, you know, something that I started doing because uh, Al Snow was like one of my mentors. And I just thought like, wow, there's like so much you can do with this, you know, especially if you're going to like, you know, be a crazy person, like, you know, and kind of have that as part of your gimmick, you know, like, what if you had a manager that like only you could hear? You know, what if, you know, you're talking to like this inanimate object and it just somehow becomes part of like, you know, your, your match or, you know, your story or things like that. Frankenbucket right now is the president of Imperial Wrestling Entertainment because I, because our, our, uh, the, the president before Rick Green, and this is all storyline wise, uh, he had to step down and he legit had to step down, step away from uh, wrestling for like a little bit due to some health things. So like he put me in charge as the president, but I only just wanted to wrestle. I didn't want that responsibility. So I gave it to Frankenbucket and now Frankenbucket's the one who makes all the wonderful matches that you see every time on Imperial Wrestling Entertainment. So, uh, but the reason why I started doing that is just because I thought it'd be a lot of fun, you know, and just, it'd be fun to do something like that. You know, it's not strictly for the kids because, you know, adults like the candy that I throw out to, um, but, but Frank and Frank and Bucket gets his own chance, you know, the fans chant Frank and Bucket, yeah. you know, like, all like, yeah, like every, every single match, like Frank and Bucket's like more over than some wrestlers. It's insane. And, you know, he has his own merch and, you know, I, and I think I said it last night, he's the one who gets the check and then I just get yeah. a cut of it. So to piggyback off that real quick, okay. Okay. Is, there, is there a possibility we see a heel turn, you turning on Frankenbucket? Uh, not anytime soon. And, uh, that, and there, there's a reason for this too. Like people don't understand when you run the the company and you're the one out like making deals with people and you know getting sponsors and stuff like that you know what i mean like they see you and they might not understand like the person you are is different than what you may portray on camera so like yeah. you know say say like a sponsor's interested in sponsoring the show and then they see oh that was the guy that i was talking to and he's a real prick i don't want to do business with them and believe it or not that does happen so so business wise that's why like creature feature hasn't turned heel yet um but also too like uh there have been fans who like somebody like posted that on the facebook page like saying like you know uh we want to see or i want to see a heel creature feature and like about 10 15 fans got on there and literally said like we will stop coming and we will stop taking our children if creature feature turns heel because our kids love him so much. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, you know, business wise, that's not good either because that's like, you know, a whole family now that's not going to come to the show. So don't think we can really do that either. You know, we're not like a big conglomerate like WCW was where if Hogan turns heel, it's not going to, really hurt their bottom line but like we especially now uh we need every ticket that we can sold we need every butt we can in the seats you know because uh with me not being able to work and me and my wife being the ones who fund iwe you know we can't have any any bad shows or bad turnouts or else like we might not be running for a while and that's just the truth 
you know so that's that's a big reason why uh you won't really see a heel creature feature anytime soon at least in iwe you know maybe if i get the gumption and i want to start traveling again to like other promotions and stuff like that possibly but uh as far as like iwe goes not anytime soon well on my part john much respect to you uh thank you for answering the questions i have um i'll say that Absolutely. again at the end, but I, I appreciate you coming on so i'm gonna turn yeah. it over to matt absolutely thank you so, scott no problem man. there's uh i have four names and i'm just gonna rapid fire uh just say them and what the first thing that comes to your mind when i say these names and if you have a short little story to tell go for it I, number I, one i i don't have any short stories you should know that by now <laughs> number one uh the road dog jesse james very entertaining lots of fun uh was fun to wrestle al snow uh same um, my, my mentor for like a while, I would always, uh, hit him up and, and pick his brain. Uh, I was able to, you know, have the privilege to like, you know, even travel with him on the road for like a little bit from, you know, when he was doing shows in Indiana and we would drive him up to Michigan. So, you know, he'd uh, be able to wrestle here the next day, you know, that way he didn't have to like rent a car or anything. Um, just, yeah, great, great guy. Uh, the smart, smartest about the business that I've ever met. Okay. Hacks, uh, Jim Duggan. Uh, very, very entertaining personality in the locker room. Complete sweetheart. Um, imagine like the most wholesome, like the, like you would want this guy to like be your dad or you would want this guy to be, you know, if you're like a younger fan, you would want this guy to be like your grandfather, you know, like just, uh, one of the sweetest people I ever met. Uh, and the last one, um, I've heard this story before, uh, but I, I, I love when you talk about him. When you met Hot Rod Roddy Piper, uh, <laughs> just I, I mean, just I I'm, if I'm being completely honest, he's one of my. I'm a, I love the heels, and he to me is the epitome of a heel, and he is like. The bar, like the yeah. Also, like one of the most wholesome, nicest people I ever met. Um, you know, when I met him, I was very, you know, like sheepish, you know, because especially back then, like it was kind of look, and it's so stupid, and I wish I could like get this time back, you know, especially like, you know, with the people that I actually got to get in the ring and wrestle with, um, and work with. But, like, um, it was very taboo in a way to, like, want to get your pictures taken with uh, big names in the locker room if you were a wrestler. Like, other wrestlers, like, kind of looked down upon that, like, back then. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm probably never going to get another chance. I'm going to go and see if I can get my picture taken with Roddy Piper. And I'm so glad I did. Because then he started asking me the questions. He's like... You know, how long have you been in the business? Do you like it? You know, where where have you, you know, where, where's the furthest that you traveled? You know, like just he's asking me questions and his exact words were like, because he could kind of see it on my face. And I might have even said it like, you know, it's just it's so crazy. Like you're asking me the questions. And he's like, ah, kid, everybody knows my story by now. 
you know, and it's just like, he genuinely wanted to hear about like what me and, um, cause I, I wasn't alone. Um, my buddy, uh, uh, well, he's not my buddy anymore. I won't even bring him up, but, um, you know, I, I was, I was there with, um, you know, uh, just a, a former friend of mine who's also in the business, you know, we were just helping out and, um, you know, so like, I'm glad that we got to have that time with him because, you know, a couple years later he passed away, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those moments in time, like you'll never get back, but like, you're so glad you have. Okay. My last thing, if you can call one guy out in the, in the business today, who would it be? And what would you say? This is your chance to cut a promo on anybody in the business. Um, it's, it's, it's your chance to, uh, drop a pipe bomb if you'd like. I mean, there's a lot of people I want to say a lot of things to, but <laughs> I keep my, I keep my mouth shut because, uh, you know, then you're just kind of sinking down to their level, you know, but, um, <sighs> a work promo, this isn't a shoot promo. This is a work promo. So <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. There's there's a lot of people I owe some receipts to. Let's put let's put it that way. <laughs> um, a lot of people I wouldn't mind uh, having on the underside of my car. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So putting me on the spot. I mean, I would have to go with uh, pro probably like the biggest name in the business right now, which would be. Um, Roman Reigns, right? Okay. So, uh, you know, he's the champion, yeah? WWE yeah. champion? Yeah. So, Roman Reigns. This is going to go one of two ways. One, we're going to get in the ring, and I'm going to beat you. Not because I'm more technically skilled than you. Not because, you know, I'm a better wrestler than you. Because, let's face it, I'm not. I'm not a wrestler. I'm a brawler. I get in there. I beat people up. And I win by any means necessary. So whether I have to claw, whether I have to bite, whether I have to scratch, whether I have to take an eyeball out or two, Roman Reigns, I want this more than you. You've been on top for a long time now. And that means you've gotten comfortable. And you don't see the lion coming up the other side of the mountain ready to take what you have. So Roman Reigns, WrestleMania, all eyes on the two of us. I will welcome you to my nightmare. There we go. Awesome. Good job. Good job. There we go. That's good. So, um, that, that whole thing will be ridiculous now, though, if he's not the champion. Like I said, I haven't watched WWE. No, okay, is. I was going to say I haven't watched WWE in, like, a long time, but I try to keep up with, like, you know, the goings-on of, like, AEW, WWE, things like that, you know, like, kind of the big things. So if he wasn't the champion, though, that would have been – I would have been, all right, scratch that and just replace <laughs> it with whoever's the champion. Nice. So – there's a thing that I've been doing um, every to end every show. It is a hundred percent gimmick, and but it's me trying to push to get a certain somebody to come on the show and acknowledge 
the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Sure. Um, and it is a horrible, horrible, horrible imitation of said person. Okay. So, without, I mean, should I should I go ahead and do it or? Yeah, for sure. Sure. He just cut a promo, bro. Okay. Well, that's gonna be awful. It's awful. That can be awful. No. All right. Listen, whether whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're you're correct. Weighing in tonight at 236 and a quarter pound. Hailing from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, Mr. Anderson. Wait for it. Wait for it. Anderson. He's an awesome dude, too. I was on a show with him in uh, Chicago, uh, like, way back in the day, like, 10 years ago or so. Like, really cool dude. Really nice guy. Um, I have text. I've been texting him back and forth, trying to get him on the show. Um, he's crazy busy. He's running his own, um, his own uh, gym training facility, like his own school. Yeah. And uh, he's traveling all over the place this time of year, going to conventions and that kind of stuff. So he uh, actually reached out to me and he asked me to send him a link to our show. So hopefully he'll, he'll catch it. And yeah. It. Yeah. See this, the, the, the pretend this isn't a, a cap to my bottle. Pretend these are names and I'm going to drop some names. Um, so uh, I don't know why I did that. That was like so lame and not even funny. <laughs> if you do, if you do get them on though, um, I don't remember if it was Anderson's truck or if it was ODB's truck, but one of them had like a pickup truck with like a weird kind of side compartment. And I remember um, like just sort of like, okay, I wasn't, I, I couldn't say I was hanging out with them, but I was like standing by them while they were hanging out. <laughs> like, nice. I don't know. I was talking to them or everything, but they probably kind of, saw me as more of a nuisance um but ask them about that because yeah there was like a side compartment in the trunk that one of them had just filled to like you know to where you could barely even shut the thing with beer and i saw them probably drink like i don't know at least like 12 beers like between them that night you know obviously after their match and stuff this was like after the show but um yeah, ask ask one of them about that because I always thought like that side compartment was like really cool. I hadn't seen anything like that. Maybe they're like standard and I just don't know. But they fill <laughs> beers with beer. Nice. So this is Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. If you're not watching us on Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast, what's wrong with you? We have John Campbell here, Creature Feature. Yeah, we're gonna Matt, kill you. My, my brother <laughs> M-A-Double-T. And we do this podcast. Why, Matt? Because we are we're casual. We're better than you, and you know it. I'm better, oh, I'm not than, better you, than anybody, and you know it. Not, not me. Uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Um. Hey, hang out. We're all on the same. We're all on the same level. If uh, you ask me. Thank you. Um. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Um. Hang out. Um. In the lobbies. I'm gonna end this broadcast. And I want to ask you a couple questions. So. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You can, thanks, ask, man. You can ask him now if you want. That's all right. I'll I'll ask him over there. All right. All right. 
thanks guys for watching. Thanks for the fan support. Thanks, John. Uh, we love you guys. Yeah, thank you. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely. See you next week. Take care.